So how y'all doing this morning? You ready? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, Colossians chapter 1, Mark 4, Colossians 1. Go ahead and get you a good sip of your Diet Coke. And we're going to dive into it. I told y'all worship was going to be good, didn't I? Been getting ready for this all week long, just to, to be able to worship like we just worshiped. And so uh, this morning we're still talking about choosing um, calm or chaos and what does that mean and, and how can we do that? And, and what's it look like? And, you know, as you're turning to Mark 4 and as you're turning to Colossians 1, I want to tell you just how big our God is. Last Sunday morning, at the end of um, the service, I mentioned at the end, I said typically we'd be doing an invitation right now where people could respond. And since we're not all in the same building, we can't do that. And so if you want to make a decision, just email the church office or call us and, um, and let us talk to you. Well, Monday morning, we got an exciting email from Miss Angela Venable. And Miss Angela emailed Gala Monday morning and said, it's time for me to join church. I've been visiting for a couple years now, and it's time for me to make Live Oak my home. So I had a long conversation with her. So she's joining as a sister in Christ by statement. Um, she's accepted Christ, and she's been baptized by submersion. And so uh, that's exciting news, see, because you don't have to be in a building to respond to God. God works wherever we're at. And so this morning, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. And a furious squall come up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why, were you, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Father, we just want to pray right now, Father. I just ask that you just open our hearts, Father, to hear from you and you only today, Father. I just ask that, Father, that today we see through these scriptures, Father, how to choose calm over chaos. Father, even right now in the midst of what's going on in our country, in our state, and in our community, Father, you're still bigger, and you're still in control. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. You know, as I was getting ready, I run across uh, an article, an illustration. It was talking about on April 12, 1912, something unthinkable happened. And if you're like me, I don't remember what happened on April 12th last year, much less in 1912. But on April 12th, 1912, there was a boat called the Titanic. And that boat sunk. Supposed to be the unsinkable ship, but yet it sunk. And there's a story, there was a book written, a biography about a guy named John Harper, and the title of the book's The Titanic's Last Hero. And then what happened, and, uh, John Harper was on the boat, and when it started sinking, he took his only child, put in a lifeboat, and then literally stayed on the boat while it sank, trying to lead people to Christ. Is that not crazy to think about? He literally put his, his child on the boat, on a lifeboat for safety, and then he went around and he was telling people, put the women and children 
and the ones that don't know God in the boats. Think about that. He was literally saying, look, protect the women, protect the kids, and if you don't know Christ, you need to get on this boat because you need another chance. And so it goes on that that was his literally, that was his last thing that he did. That was his last words. You know, and in the book it says that Harper stood as a giant of unselfishness in a world where most men are obsessed with looking out for number one. A giant, a giant sacrifice in a world where men are unwilling to deprive themselves. A giant of a passion for souls in a world where few men possess a deep desire for the salvation of their fellow men. You know, and I think right now we need to be like John Harper. We need to be just bold about our faith, and we need to be telling people, sure, there's something going on in our country that we can't see. You know, me and Donnie was talking before we started. You know, you literally can be walking shoulder to shoulder with somebody and not even know they're carrying this virus right now. But the world needs to see hope. They need to see that you can choose calm over chaos. And so how do they do it? You know, when you start looking at these scriptures that I just read, let's go back to Mark 4. We'll start in verse 35. And it said, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, when you read those words and you start looking, you know, how big was God in that situation? How big was he to those disciples that was with him? Up until that point, I don't think they still fully grasped who he was. And they were still trying to put it all together. I believe in our lives that we get sometimes believe that God is too busy for us. We believe that God's too busy worrying about what's going on somewhere else or he's worrying about what's going on with somebody else's life to be worrying about what's going on with my life. And I believe when you read this, this scripture screams hope. When you read this, it's telling us that God can fix it. We can't fix it. I got a text message literally after I'd read them on stage from Mr. Randy Alvin and Mr. Randy said, God's got this. And he does have this, but we have to believe in that hope. And just like whenever, you know, all the waves were coming over on top of that boat, you know, and I don't know if, you ever, if you've ever been in a boat in rough water, it can get really nervous at times because, you know, you're, you don't have control over that. And so these were professional sailors. These were guys that fished for a living. These were guys that was in boats all the time, and yet they got really nervous in the, in the midst of that chaos. You know, and a detail that I think we overlook sometimes is even when you look at this, it said that there was other boats. It wasn't just a boat the disciples in. There were other boats that had decided to go across and follow the disciples and follow Christ. So there was eyewitnesses to see what was going on with this, not just the disciples. There was other people in other boats that was on that water that saw it whenever Jesus stepped up. You know, but it's because of their influence that these other boats was out there too because these people wanted to see more of Jesus. They wanted to see more of Jesus. They wanted to be with Jesus more. And so they was willing to follow across the sea um, to be with them that night. And what I want to point out is that is because of their influence. Right now, how we respond, our influence is going to influence others. How we respond, if we choose calm over chaos, that's how we're going to influence no, either we're going to show what we say we believe 
we, what we've really, let me say, if we either show that what we say we believe, we really don't because we don't act like it. Does that make sense? We could sit right here today and I could say, you know something? I believe my God's bigger. I believe my God's bigger. But yet whenever I walk out and people see me crumble and people don't see that hope in my life, and if people watch me and if they see, even this morning, they're watching on Facebook and they say, you know something, Brother Johnny, I hear what you're saying, but the other day I saw you in Oak Point's parking lot telling people that God don't have this, that your God isn't big enough because he's not showing up then that's going to that's gonna take away all the influence that I had. But if we show that what we say is worth following because we're doing it according to the power and the will of God, that's when our influence is going to shift people to God. And so today, now I'm not saying you can't get nervous. I'm not saying you can't get scared. But it's when we really focus on God, when we really say, you know, God, you really have this. God, I believe in you. God, I'm choosing calm over chaos because let me tell you this world's surrounded by storms and i'm not just talking about right now even this coronavirus you know how many times do we watch the news or we watch media and and we see that there's natural disasters you know even in the last few days i've been watching on the weather app and it's showing where tornadoes have been hitting up in arkansas and tennessee unexpected you know, natural disasters are happening. Human accidents are happening. Crime is not stopping. There's rioting in some places, the violence and corruption, economic uncertainty. I can't tell you how many people just in the last few days I've heard that they've lost their job in plants and stuff because of what's going on. And so when you look at all that, we live in a world where the waves are crashing over the boat constantly. Or are we choosing to be calm? Are we choosing God? Because the person that can remain calm in this is going to point people to God. And there's people today that need to see him. There's people today that you're listening, you're watching, and today you need to choose God. Because you know that you would be the one that John Harper on the Titanic would be screaming, put them in a lifeboat, put them in a lifeboat, because they don't know God. Today, do you need to be in that lifeboat? The disciples, at that moment, they had no way of knowing what was coming. My phone's over there on the chair. But I have a really cool thing called a weather app on my phone. And when I was in the lawn care business, every morning when I got up, I checked the weather. And it changes day to day. You literally, it can say that next Sunday it's going to be 100% rain, and between now and Sunday it'll change seven or eight times at least. But I have a weather app. At least I can get a close for that day. I can look at what the temperature is going to be. I can look at the wind, where the wind direction is, the barometric pressure. I can look at all of that on my phone. But these guys didn't have that back then. They checked the wind. All right, we need to put the sail that way. And so they got out in that boat, and then all of a sudden, the storms come up. Right there, that was a teaching moment for them. Right there, that was a moment to where Jesus was laying on that cushion, and he's thinking, I'm about to teach these guys who I really am. There are storms that happen in our life so that God can use them for a teaching moment. There are storms that happen in our life so that whenever we walk away from them, we can say, look what my God done. Look how big my God was. Look at how he got me through this storm. Now, hear my heart. Sometimes the way we come through the storm and the way God wants to come through the storm is not the same. 
Because God's got a reason and God's going to have a purpose for our stories afterwards. But the storms can be used. If you go back to Mark 4, verse 38, it said, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many times have we get honest in our life has that been us? Where we said, teacher, don't you realize I'm drowning? Teacher, have you seen this sickness that's in my body? Teacher, have you seen this sickness that's in my family's body? Teacher, have you seen the waters flowing into my house like the flood in 2016? Teacher, have you seen my checkbook because I lost my job last week? We've all been there. So we can't look at those disciples and say, well, I'd never do that. There's one thing that my mom taught me growing up. There's lots of things my mom taught me. But one of the things that stick out was she said, never say never when you're raising your kids. Never say never. Because if you... ...for you today, that was free. But right there, never say never. Never say that that's not going to happen. Because there's going to be times in our life we're going to look at God and say, God, why is this going on? God, show me why this is going on. But we have to be big enough to move past it. You know, because what happens is we take our eyes off God and we start looking at our problems and not focusing on Him. Turn with me to Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 9. It says, for this season, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all glory what might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. And given joyful thanks, who has qualified you to share rescued us from the men of darkness and brought the forgiveness of sins. You know, when the Apostle Paul was writing this, and you start looking, you know, I can't tell you how many times as a staff and as your pastor that I have prayed for you that way, that I have prayed that God will fill you with knowledge and he will give you wisdom and that he'll fill me with wisdom and give me knowledge on how to pastor through this. But when you look at those words, look at it. Know, grow, go. We're praying that you have knowledge. We're hoping that you're growing in God and that you go qualified to share that inheritance. No, grow, go right there. The essence of everything Live Oak stands on behind me is right here in Scripture in Colossians. That you'll know, grow, go. That, you know, even right now, you're not sitting in this, on this complex. You're not at 35603 Cox Avenue. You're at your home. You can still know, grow, go. There's classes that today at 1030 are going to meet for Sunday school through something called Zoom that I'm like one of the LBC staff said the other day, I wished I'd about stock in Zoom three weeks ago. But they're meeting in Sunday school today. Sure, they're not on this campus, but they're still knowing who God is. They're still growing in who God is and they're going. They're doing Sunday school in a different way. This evening at five o'clock, Brother Mike's going to do the youth service through Zoom. 
so our students can, can tune in on, on Zoom and they can see each other. When you look at those scriptures, what have you did that? What have you took in Colossians 9 and that become your prayer? What have you read those scriptures and you really started doing that? If you started praying daily, daily, it said that continually we have not stopped praying. What is the, the people of God if we started every day continually praying about what was going on? If we started choosing to be like John Harper, what if we started praying for the people of the Watson community and the rest of this area, that they would know who God is, that they would choose God, that they would ask him to become the Lord of their life and to become their Savior so that whenever all of this starts going on, they can look back and say, my God got me through this coronavirus in 2020 because he saved my soul. And he give me a hope that can only come from him. Let's go back to Mark 4. Mark 4, and we'll start in verse 39. It says, he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You know, some of you this week, you might have heard some of my, my little short videos I've been putting on Facebook and, and Instagram. And the scripture that I've claimed for this time right now is Exodus 14, 14, where it says that we need to just be still. We need to be quiet and we need to let him fight for us. And even right here, what's Jesus telling the wind and stuff? He's saying, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Jesus spoke those words. Do you think he's not big enough to speak through this? And you start looking at this, you know, the waves coming over the boat, over that ship like what they were. And the, these guys, it was professional seamen. They were fishermen by choice, by trade, livelihood. They grew up in a boat, and they were scared to death, and they cried out to Jesus. Save us. Don't you care? Yes, he cares. He sent his son to live and die for us. In a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter in a real different way. And I'm just being real honest. I don't know how we're going to do that yet. I've never had to prepare an Easter service with nobody in the church. There's nothing on the internet that says do this because nobody's had to do this before. And so we're all plowing new ground. But you know something? My God's big enough to get us through Easter Sunday because he still walked out of that tomb for you, for me, and for our neighbors. But we have to be willing. We have to be willing to say, God, I love you. You know, when you read Scripture, we're called to die to self, take up our cross, and follow him. When you hear that and you do that, that don't mean it's an easy walk. It's telling us that we need to die to everything that we know, that we need to take up the cross, the instrument of the most horrific deaths in the Bible and back in that time, and we need to follow him. And when we do that, that means that we're going to be walking directly into storms. We're going to be walking directly in to the things that are going on that we don't understand, the things that we can't control, and we're going to walk headlong into them, and we're going to say, 
I'm doing this because my God's got this. I'm doing this because my God's going to protect me. You know, when I read that, whenever I start really looking at it, you know, it's almost like a fireman or a police officer. How many firemen stand back when a house is on fire and if they know that there's a kid in the house, they're going to run into the fire, aren't they? They're going to run in and do everything they can do to save that kid. And that's what God's calling us. He's saying, I got you. Sure, you're going to get scratched up. You're going to get beat up a little bit and have some bruises. But I've got this. I've got this. I can tell the winds to be still. I can make the mountains shake. You don't think I can handle you? He's got us. But are we willing to choose calm over chaos? Are we willing to do that? Is it easy? No. But my God's got this. And so I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll go back up. And um, we're going to sing one more song. And, you know, today the offer is just like it was last week. If you're sitting there today and you're thinking, you know something? Today's the day. Today's the day that I need to ask God to become my Savior. Today's the day that I know that I need Him to become the Lord of my life. I need to ask for forgiveness for the first time. If that's you today, then I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray that prayer with me. And if you meant it, then reach out. Text me if you have my phone number. Email the church office at info at liveupbaptist.org. Email me at johnny at liveoakbaptist.org. And let me follow up with you. You know, you might be sitting out there today and say, you know something, I want to be part of a church that's willing to do church online, that's still willing to reach our community, that's still willing to walk shoulder to shoulder. I want to be part of a church that's going to walk out of this stronger. I know today that I want Live Oak Baptist Church to be my home. If that's you, again, reach out to me. Reach out to the church office. Reach out to one of the staff. And let us have that conversation with you. Today, choose calm over chaos. Today, choose obedience. Choose the love of God. So right now, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you just to pray it in your heart. And if you meant it, reach out to us. Let us know what you prayed. Father, we come right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father. And I just, Father, right now, Father, I know that I need to ask you to forgive me. Father, I know that I've done things in my life that I shouldn't have. Father, and I need you to become the Lord of my life. Father, today, I'm choosing you. And I'm choosing eternity with you. And Father, I know that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. If you prayed that prayer, reach out to us. Father, I just come to you again. Father, just say that I love you. Father, and I thank you again for today. Father, thank you for being a God that's bigger. Father, I thank you for being a God that I can sing it as well with my soul because I know you have this. Father, I just today ask for our community, Father, for our state, for our nation. Father, we just choose calm over chaos. Father, we choose you over chaos. Father, we know that you're just as concerned about us as an individual. And you want to be there. 
Father, we love you. Father, we love you. In your son's name, amen.